We're just a few days away from the start of the SEC schedule, and it's got me thinking, what would constitute as a successful SEC slate for the Kentucky Wildcats? You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be asking and answering the question, what does a successful SEC schedule look like for Kentucky basketball. We're going to go through five different things I think will constitute a successful stretch through conference play, and then I'm going to give my prediction wins and losses for the rest of the season. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you subbed there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. What does a successful SEC schedule look like for the Kentucky Wildcats? I believe KSR did an article about this breaking down different things that they would like to see out of the win loss total, the AP ranking, where Kentucky falls in the NC or the SEC tournament, rather, I should say. But instead of doing that, we are going to talk wins, uh, wins and losses here today. But I want to look at five different things. I think would make this successful for UK basketball. Just individual things, a couple of different notes about different players that we may want to see from their conference slate. First thing I want to point out here is while I will be doing predictions on today's episode, I also want to just go ahead and identify the fact that it's going to be very difficult for Kentucky to have a very, very uh, almost elite type of conference slate. You're, you're going to look at a ton of very difficult road games here for the Wildcats, uh, some of which I will be predicting as losses, and then others that I won't be predicting as losses that could very well end up being an L on the schedule for Kentucky when all is said and done. It's a difficult challenge. I'm not expecting Kentucky to just breeze through this SEC slate, but I do think that they will have their fair share of victories, and at the end of the day, I think they'll be in contention or the top seed in the SEC tournament. But let's look at some of the individual things here before we get caught up in wins and losses in this very difficult conference schedule. Five things that I think Kentucky needs to do in order to make it a successful trip. 85 points per game, I think, is what Kentucky needs to hit in order for this to be a successful SEC slate, somewhere around 85 points per game. Why do I say 85? Well, as of right now, Kentucky is averaging just a shade over 91 points per contest. That's really, really good. But whenever you look at the statistics compared to non-conference play, typically for Kentucky and college basketball as a whole, most teams see some sort of drop-off, whether that be somewhere between one to two points or sometimes significantly uh, somewhere between five to nine points. I don't think Kentucky is going to fall off the face of the earth because I think that they need to hover around 85 a game, and I think they will. 
but I think they are going to take a step back because they're going to face more consistent and more aggressive physical defensive play in the SEC night in and night out. I also think this will help Kentucky I on, on their defensive end of the floor, which we'll get to uh, their defense here in just a second. But I think Kentucky will take about a six or a seven point dip uh, in points per game. And if they can maintain that 84 to 85 to 86 points per game range during conference play, I think they'll win a lot of games. I, I really do. And I think that their defense will end up stepping up as well, which is the second thing that I think Kentucky basketball needs to do in order to have a successful SEC slate. Their defensive efficiency, their adjusted defensive efficiency needs to rise on Kim Palm. As of right now, it is currently sitting 53rd in the country. 97.3 is their adjusted efficiency. I think it needs to hit inside the top 40, and I think it's going to have a chance to do that. It's a little bit of a steep jump there, 13 spots, uh, considering all of these other teams across college basketball will be gathering data and solidifying where they rank uh, as the season progresses. But I do believe that there are several teams in this conference that are just offensively not efficient to begin with. And so defensively for Kentucky, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of that and shut some teams down in some of these different conference games. Now, does that mean Kentucky's going to win by 40? Not necessarily, because we don't know how Kentucky's offense is going to score night in and night out, especially on the road. I'm looking at different teams like maybe Mississippi State, South Carolina, maybe a team like Arkansas, uh, who may struggle at times offensively uh, against the, the Wildcats, playing them both at home and on the road. Looking at a team like LSU on the road that Kentucky gets a shot at, there are several different games here where I, I look at the SEC, the bottom half of the SEC, and I see a lot of teams that just aren't that great at scoring the basketball. You'll have your good nights, you'll have your bad nights, but as a whole, looking at this on paper, there are chances for Kentucky's defense statistically to improve. And what would improve that? Well, I think there are a couple of different things. As we have continued to look at Kim Palm and other analytics throughout the course of the start of this season, I've begun to realize it seems like Kim Palm, when it comes to their efficiency rating, they put a lot they put a lot of value into whether or not you can rebound the basketball offensively and defensively. I think the best example of this is looking at Texas A&M, who currently has the fifth best offense in the nation according to KP but they shoot only 27.4% from three. Their effective field goal percentage is bottom 270 in the country. They're just not very good at shooting the rock. They're also somewhat decent at getting to the foul line. They're pretty good, but they're not elite at getting to the foul line. But what they are elite at is their offensive rebound percentage, which is 46.1%, and that is good for first in the country. Uh, and it really does, I think, bump their uh, efficiency rating there despite the fact that they're not elite at getting to the foul line, and they're also not a good shooting team at all. So Kentucky, on the other hand, I think they need to improve their defensive rebounding. Currently, their offensive rebound percentage allowed on defense is 27.8%, which is top 125 nationally. That's okay, like okay to somewhat good, but it's not good slash great. It's not bad per se. But relative to some of these other teams in the SEC, again, we talk about physical play incoming. We talk about more aggressive play. Teams are going to get a little more desperate as the slate goes on. 
you're going to need to step out there and assert yourself. And Kentucky has not done that offensively or defensively rebounding the basketball. I believe it was something that the color analyst said during Kentucky's game against Illinois State is that he was shocked that with their height, their length, their athleticism, Kentucky has not been better at rebounding the basketball on either end of the floor, and it's something that they need to get better at. He's absolutely right. In order for their efficiency rating to rise here on defense, they need to get better at closing out and solidifying rebounds instead of just tipping it to themselves or allowing these other teams to tip long rebounds to themselves. And Kentucky's not a bad defensive rebounding team. Again, I want to reiterate that. I just think they have room to grow. And it does pair, it does go hand in hand with their adjusted defensive efficiency, I think, rising as well. So 85 points per game. Defensive efficiency inside the top 40. Improved rebounding on both ends of the floor, but more of a focus on the defensive end. And then here's an interesting one, and I wanted to pick out a player here. I wanted to specify a player improving for Kentucky or at least maintaining their status statistically. Zero drop-off from Rob Dillingham. Why do I say Rob Dillingham as opposed to Antonio Reeves, Trey Mitchell, Reed Shepard, or even a guy like DJ Wagner? I think Rob Dillingham, coming off the bench for Kentucky, has provided a much more consistent spark than I would have expected this year. And it really does help the Wildcats maintain runs and start runs. As a player individually, Rob Dillingham is the most, I think, explosive in terms of quickness and speed and creative in terms of his passing and scoring ability on this team. He's the most creative and explosive player on this team. And he has been able to pair that with surprising efficiency relative to at least my expectations at the beginning of the season. He's shooting just a hair under 45% from deep and 47% from the field, while also doling out four and a half assists per game. Also 1.6 steals per game, might I add. He can provide a spark, and that's something that Kentucky is going to need here through SEC play against some of these more defensive-minded teams. You're going to need somebody that whenever your offense, your main offense, your starters, they're not playing very well at the beginning of a game. You need somebody that can plug in, step in, and change the pace of the game, make it more comfortable for you, let your guys flow better uh, on offense and defense, and maybe some, maybe create some more scoring opportunities, both for himself and for other players. So Dillingham, I think, is going to be at a point of emphasis. Obviously, the entire team, it would be nice if nobody took a drop-off. For instance, Antonio Reeves has been going ballistic so far this season at 19 points per game while shooting very efficiently uh, from the field. He is somebody that you could also point to and say, hey, it'd be nice if he's not going to have a drop-off. I think statistically this team will take a step back offensively, but if I had to select one player that can keep it going for UK, it would either be Reeves or Dillingham, and I think Dillingham kind of gives you that second gear uh, on your offense at times. So Rob Dillingham not dropping off from where he's at statistically and then maybe improving as well is something I would like to see. And then the final thing, that would make it a successful SEC slate for Kentucky basketball, improved free throw shooting. Again, to go back to the numbers, as of right now, Kentucky is sitting at 73.6% from the charity stripe, which is 92nd nationally. It's not bad. It's actually a pretty decent number. But I think Kentucky can improve this. And even if they don't necessarily improve it by a large margin, like 2 or 2.5%, I think that they can use free throw shooting to help close out some of these games. You've seen 
over the course of a couple of these close contests for UK, Kansas, St. Joseph's, uh, UNC Wilmington, North Carolina. We've seen free throw shooting, poor free throw shooting, bite Kentucky when they need it to least. And throughout this SEC slate, you're going to see a lot more tightly contested games, and Kentucky's going to have to step up there and make their free throws, not just at the end of the game, but throughout it. I also think you could discuss here a little bit more uh, about Kentucky drawing more fouls to create more opportunities at the foul line because they don't do that particularly well. DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, Antonio Reeves, Reed Shepard, all four of these guards and this dribble drive offense could do a better job of creating contact and drawing some of those fouls. I don't think it's something Kentucky wants to put a point of point of emphasis on. I don't think they necessarily need to, but it would be an added boost, I think, uh, to this offense if they were able to do that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting note to point out. So five different things Kentucky needs to do to be successful in the SEC schedule. 85 points per game. Defensive efficiency inside the top 40. Zero drop-off from Rob Dillingham. And then improved free-throw shooting and rebounding. If you've got any thoughts as to what you believe Kentucky basketball should do in this SEC slate in order to make it successful, that's the word we're going for there, what makes it successful, leave it in the YouTube comments below at LockedOnUK on Twitter if you want to send me a message and give me your thoughts on that as well. All right, a successful slate for the Kentucky Wildcats. Gone through some numbers here. Let's go through some wins and losses. Let's define what makes it successful and our eyes giving some predictions because I predict Kentucky will have a successful time in conference play. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business elevate itself to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have all of those qualified quality candidates on LinkedIn. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They also know that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, if you're watching on YouTube, first of all, really appreciate you watching. For those who are subbed, really appreciate you coming back. And if you are listening on podcast, follow along to whatever feed you're listening to. Going to have great previews and recaps of SEC games. We're actually going to have a crossover with Brandon Olson, host of Locked On Gators this Friday to preview this episode, give our thoughts on it. Going to go ahead and tell you, I think Kentucky's going to win this game. We'll talk about it more on Friday. Uh, but let's go ahead and look here at the slate as a whole. Defined by wins and losses. 
So we asked the question, what does a successful SEC slate look like? I think it looks like what I'm about to predict. So let's go through the wins and losses here for the rest of the schedule. Starting with the game I just mentioned on the road in Gainesville this Saturday against the Florida Gators. Right now, Kim Palm currently has Kentucky as a 52% chance to win this game. A one-point favorite are the Kentucky Wildcats. I think Kentucky's going to win this game. I've said it since the beginning of the season. I think Florida is an interesting team. Florida could win this game by 20, uh, to be be honest with you. Kentucky could win this game by 20. It's a toss-up, but since the beginning of the year, I've had more faith in the Wildcats personnel, and I just think they're going to be able to go out there and gut out a win in Gainesville early in the afternoon uh, this weekend. Then you return home against Missouri, 1-0 in SEC play, make it 2-0 in SEC play. Missouri does not have the speed or the athleticism, I think, to keep up with the Wildcats at home. Not what they were a season ago. The team that absolutely blew Kentucky out of the water at the beginning of the SEC slate last year, I don't think it was the same team we're looking at this year. Sean East is a great, great guard, um, but he needs some help, and he's not getting it. So 2-0 in the SEC to start the uh, the schedule here. Then you go on the road to Texas A&M, and here is the first loss. I think Kim Palm only gives Kentucky a 43% chance. I say only. It's, a, it's going to be a close game, uh, but I think the Aggies are going to be able to gut this one out. Despite their inefficient shooting, I think they'll be able to do some things that are typical to their style of play, and I don't know if Kentucky's going to be able to uh, go on the road this year and consistently shoot the way that they have against some of these lesser non-con opponents. So, what two and one is where we sit after three games. You return home against Mississippi State. I think Kentucky wins this one. I think Tolu Smith may be back for this contest, make it more competitive, maybe make it really close, uh, but I think Kentucky wins this one three and one. Four and one after you beat Georgia on the road. I recently did a episode giving you a breakdown of every single SEC team, five things you need to know about them, and then just kind of their MVP where they sit right now. Georgia is so unbelievably mid and just like bad-ish, mid-average that I, I don't really have anything else to say about them. It's like it, it's it's very much so unsalted butter, just not a lot going on there. It's what I used to say about South Carolina. They just weren't particularly good at anything. Um, Georgia is that this season. So I think Kentucky is going to be 4-1 uh, after beating the Bulldogs at home. Speaking of the Gamecocks, I think Kentucky will be 5-1 and one after going on the road to beat USC. Now, this is a game I was talking earlier about how I'm going to predict a couple of road victories for the Wildcats, but every single road contest could end up being a loss. It's that difficult in this league to win on the road. I'm going to say 5-1, and one, but I want to point out here, South Carolina may be a good team. We're going to have to see how they play through the first few games of the SEC slate. But who knows? That may be pretty good. So 5-1. and one. I think you are going to be 5-2 and two after you play Arkansas on the road. I recently did that episode breaking all these SEC teams down, and I did not have a lot positive to say about the Razorbacks, but what you have to do when you're talking about the Razorbacks is talk about their length. They are still a pretty tall, solid team. Uh, they are aggressive in terms of their tempo, and they are not the worst shooting team. I mean, they've still got a semi-decent offense. Their their defense has fallen off here over these past few games, but the, the Razorbacks are not a bad team. They still were able to beat Duke 
uh, at home earlier this year. So I think five and two is where you find yourself after the Razorbacks. Going to predict a loss there. Mostly has to do with the fact that this one is in Bud Walton Arena. You return home to play your second game against Florida, six and two on January 31st. And then you play a big one following that on February 3rd against the Tennessee Volunteers. This one could go either way. I'm going to say Kentucky wins this one. I think they're going to going to be seven and two, make it eight and two after they go on the road and beat the worst team in the SEC. Excuse me, in Vanderbilt. Then you play Gonzaga. This one doesn't count towards the SEC slate. I want to point this out. I think Kentucky is going to win this one. Uh, sandwiched here in between Vanderbilt and Missouri. Then you return home to play Ole Miss, who has still not lost the nation's longest active win streak at 13. Nine and two is where I have Kentucky after this one. Another victory for the Wildcats. Then nine and three. After going on the road and playing Auburn February 17th, this one's going to be a big-time game, big-time atmosphere. I'm going to be at this one. Going to be a very tough game and environment for UK. They've won here before. Um, Auburn's made it really competitive over, over the past few years. I think the I think the Tigers will take this one to make it 9-3 and three for Kentucky's SEC uh, record. 10-3, and three, a win on the road at LSU. 11-3, a win at home against Alabama. I'll say 12 and 3 after beating Mississippi State on the road, 13 and 3 after excuse me after yeah after beating Arkansas at home, 14 and 3 beating Vanderbilt at home, and then 14 and 4 a loss to close out the regular season on the road at Tennessee. Really tough that that's the very last game of the schedule here, but 14 and 4 overall, and that would put or excuse me in, in SEC play. And that would put Kentucky at 25 and 6 overall if you include the Gonzaga win. So 25 and 6, 14 and 4, that's probably going to be good for second, third, or maybe even first if the SEC is a little bit more balanced than it has been over years past. Kentucky's going to be a top four seed, I think, when all is said and done. Let me know what you think about these predictions in the YouTube comments below. You can also hit me on the socials at Locked On UK. Again, 25 and 6, 14 and 4, pretty good year. I think that's what Kentucky's going to have, a successful season. And then you get into SEC tournament play, and who knows what could happen with Kentucky's seeding. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore and follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.